Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 33 of the IT Career Energizer, a weekly podcast where I chat with inspiring IT professionals, consultants and experts from around the world. Find out more about the podcast by visiting itcareerenergizer.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get new episodes automatically downloaded to your device. And now let's chat with today's featured guest, Heather Downing. Heather is a passionate coder and entrepreneur. She is also an international technical speaker and co-host of the YouTube channel, The Hello World Show. She also likes to encourage those with non-traditional backgrounds to enter the world of software development, as well as being an advocate of women in tech. So Heather, can I ask you to expand on that rather brief bio and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. Uh, I got into the world of technology right about six years ago, so I'm a career changer. And it's um, very different entering this world as an adult and not uh, having done this much earlier. I was raised very, very traditionally uh, to be married by the time I was 18. So when that did not come around, I decided to pursue uh, something as a bigger alternative and uh, fulfilling part to my life. And I've always been so fascinated by um, the way that movies were made. So uh, I wanted to know how the CGI was done, kind of went backwards from there and discovered that, you know, programs create CGI. And then I kept asking the questions, well, what creates the programs? And then here I am, years later, um, writing programs of my own that uh, feel like magic to people. And I think I never lost sight of that from the beginning is that I, I love creating magic for users. Was it um, companies like Pixar that drew your attention or was it more dramatic CGI? Well, if you recall, there was this uh, fantastic trend for a while called Flash. Yes. And <laughs> Flash was pretty close for me. I was like, oh, well, I will probably never get into one of those big companies these people go to art school for, you know. Uh, but I was really interested in that because Flash animation was very magical. Again, I use that word. And um, I actually was attracted to a place that was local to me in Kansas City, which is where I live. And they worked a little bit with some local film um, to do companion mobile applications that felt a whole lot like some of the animation that you see out there. And I was so fascinated that I left a 10 minute long message on their machine saying, I have no degree. I've never done this before, but I will get you coffee every day if you'll just let me sit there and watch you work. <laughs> <laughs> so they actually called me back and I couldn't believe it. And at the time I was getting ready to put myself through a trade school that was about five months kind of IT course to kind of jumpstart your career. And uh, so I was doing that at the same time. And they took me as an intern from literally zero. <laughs> I had no experience, but I, had a, I was very hungry and persistent. Heather, can you share with us a unique career tip that the IT career energizer audience need to know and probably don't? Yes. This is not necessarily something that I was told, but it completely changed my career almost immediately. And I've watched this 
change other people's careers uh, 5, 10, 15, 20 times over the past year alone. And that is embrace external thought leadership. And what I mean by that is if you have an opinion about the way some things should be created, whether it's a process in the way that you're coding, um, maybe a team dynamic, something with mentoring, you put it down on paper out in the world or you know, put it on a YouTube channel and share it with people. Because the moment that you share your thoughts and ideas, it automatically makes you a better communicator. And then people take you seriously because you're willing to put your thoughts about things out there, no matter where you are in your process, whether you're junior or mid, just sharing those experiences and thoughts um, on a blog or, or like a podcast like this is perfect. And once you do that, companies take you very seriously almost right away. I've noticed that, that I have always, anybody who's struggling to, you know, if you're considered average with your, uh, maybe your, um, your reviews every year, or you're not really trusted with larger projects or what have you, I always say, well, now's a great time for you to start talking about how you'd make things better and maybe putting some of that code out there and whatever it may be, but really embracing that thought leadership outside of your work. Yeah, I think that's very true. I think the more you can do, if you like, to show that that level of interest that you can share information and you can you can show yourself potentially as a as an expert in particular areas definitely leads to you gaining that gravitas or, or air of potentially being an expert in an area which definitely helps with your career absolutely it's it, it also holds true to the saying out of sight and out of mind you never want to be out of sight and you never want to be out of mind. Therefore, you need to be the first name on the tip of the tongue of somebody saying, oh yes, I know that Java developer over there, or I actually do know of somebody doing voice development, which is what I'm doing right now is a whole lot in um, voice development applications. So, you know, that's what you want. And once you have that, you get chances and opportunities. And it, it, that sometimes can be the hardest thing to generate is the opportunities that um, others are given. That's where some people might say, oh, look how lucky you were that somebody happened to run across you. And while there might be a little bit of it, you absolutely can create your own luck. Yeah, I think it was Gary Play who said, yeah, the, the more I practice, the luckier I get. Yes, very true, because you start recognizing what is important. That's probably, yes. it, it, it's like, uh, career, it's the unique tip uh, B, I suppose, to this one big tip, right, is to make sure that um, you pay attention to what is needed, what is important to the person you're working for or the person you're working with. If you identify that one thing, whether it be, man, they are just really all about time. If I could just leave five minutes earlier and get there like a couple minutes early, it really matters, seems to matter to them, you'll smooth over your relationship real quick. I mean, you just, it's amazing just paying attention and figuring out what maybe your company needs. We all want, they all want to make money, but you'll find they all also have like a, a manifesto, if you will, like a, like a motto. And once you figure it out, then you can, you can grow immensely faster than almost anybody around you. Yeah. Okay. Can you tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? Oh, my worst one. Uh, I like to talk about this a little bit in uh, my imposter syndrome talk that I gave um, overseas this year. But uh, 
it's the most embarrassing one, uh, which is I did not ask for help and I should have asked for help. Um, it's when we all want to prove ourselves. Sometimes we kind of fall victim to, you know, I don't want them to show them weakness. So especially for me, remember, I don't have a degree and I started late. Um, and this does bear a statement. I am female. And so I kind of have a little bit more to prove, unfortunately, to certain groups of people. And so I decided that um, I would take the first assignment given to me the moment I became a senior. And they said, great, we need this in two weeks. Um, I had no idea what it was. I didn't ask any more questions. <laughs> they, I think I had to create diagrams and charts from scratch. And this was a .NET project. And of course, there's a class for that. There's a library for that. Uh, but I didn't know much about it. I'd never done a whole lot with X and Y coordinates. And so uh, here comes geometry all over again. And I, and, I, and I had to turn out some rather fancy ones dynamically. Now, it may sound very easy to many people that are on this, uh, that are listening to the show, but when I had just gotten my first senior job at this company, before I had been a mid for years, I was never really trusted to just go off and do something. I was always um, monitored right at earlier stages and this was the first time where it was kind of like going from high school to college all right here's your homework be off with you good luck and that's pretty much how it felt (laughs) moving to be a senior so I waited on it and I and I dreaded it and it kind of freaked me out a little bit and um, so I ignored it only one of I only do one of two things I over prepare or I ignore until the very last second because I don't even want to look at it unfortunately I did the latter And uh, I finally got a check in the day before I was supposed to turn this in and uh, said, hey, when are you going to upload the code? And I said, "Uh, probably, you know, pretty soon. Oh, by the way, uh, do you know anything about X, whatever it was? And uh, my development manager said, oh, no, (laughs) and (laughs) pulled in his whole team and figured out that I had written about 10% of what needed to be done. Unfortunately, this was a crucial part of the project for our client and um, we were not able to finish it on time because of what I did and so that led me to lose my job because I didn't even tell them oh yeah it was a thing I mean because they lost a client that was 80% of you know their business so I not only endangered my own career I endangered others jobs as well and the bottom line of a company all because I really wanted to prove myself and didn't ask for help when I didn't have any clue what I was doing. Uh, I think it was because I, I had a lot of, of pride of, you know, finally getting to that position. And really, uh, the, the more that you learn in this business, the more you realize it is okay to say, I don't know. And it's actually embraced um, once you get to levels of mastery to be able to identify that you don't and then discover a path towards gaining that knowledge. So uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, a rookie mistake at a place where I was not a rookie. So it, it should have, uh, but you know, I, I suppose we all learned that lesson at different points in our career. <laughs> that just yeah. happened to be mine. Yeah. I think a lot of people use the phrase now that there's no such thing as a stupid question. There, it's true. Although Stack Overflow people might disagree with you. <laughs> yeah. Possibly true. <laughs> okay, moving on from your worst moment, can you tell us about your IT career highlight or greatest success and how you're able to achieve that? Uh, you know, remember, I'm going to bring us kind of full circle back to why I got into this in the first place. I love creating like what appears to be magic to an end user, right? Yeah. Well, just this past week, I was able to um, 
do be take part in our 25th anniversary at the company I work for. And it was, it was a really big deal. Um, the founders um, no longer are involved with the, the daily operations of the company, but they were going to come into flying in just for this event. And I worked for I work currently for a digital ad agency where so that means I'm not a software company, but we certainly have a lot of engineers that create things and camp for campaigns, you know, from major Fortune 50 to 500 companies in the world. And our department only had one part of this and I got to be that part and I created an Alexa skill for uh, the founders and for anybody coming in to learn a little bit about the history of our company and uh, you know do some work in tandem on a screen and so that required me to learn uh, WebSockets. I hadn't had an opportunity before now, and I had a great time learning how to do WebSockets so that things could come up on the screen and videos could play, all triggered by your voice. And um, you know, it was it was a great to be able to work on intonation and everything uh, with Alexa's voice service itself. So once the founders came in, and um, one of the major people of our company brought them in, he just introduced all of these three gentlemen to uh, our echo, right? So that it was right yeah. in the center of the room and said, uh, Alexa, uh, just so you know, uh, these three gentlemen are here. And then she just starts talking as if she was a person and saying, we just wanted to say thank you for this. And she started pl uh, speaking about different things that uh, the company was grateful for and playing some very old photographs, <laughs> videos of them. And they got really emotional. They got really misty eyed. And, um, they kept bringing people back in from major companies, like major automobile uh, manufacturing companies. And they're like, look at this. We want, these are the kinds of conversations we want to have, you know, with our customers someday. Like, and to me, I'm like, yeah, but this is just service driven <laughs> thing for me, but it was magic to them. And it was the first time any of them had ever seen voice used in that way. Yeah, and that's it, right. And so while it may not be as complex as saying, oh, I'm so proud that I got to help create a Rubik's Cube digitally or something like that. Um, this is the reason that I got into it is so I could help create that moment. And I was just really proud of being the one asked to do that for my company out of everybody there. What excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? Oh, man. Uh, what excites me most now is, is this is a career that allows you to use your right and left brain. So if you are somebody who, um, I, I don't know, I want to say if you tend to get easily bored or you, you always want a new challenge, this is a perfect career for you. And it doesn't matter when you start it. Uh, what I like coming up is that no matter uh, what we're doing with machine learning and AI, we still have to have somebody being the taskmaster, and we get to have that opportunity coming up in the future. We might not be doing the smaller tasks that uh, we can automate, but we really, we really shouldn't be doing the smaller tasks. You know, we are amazing, creative human beings that can build entire networks uh, right now. And so that's something that I'm so excited for is to be able to show the next generations of developers, what that's going to look like, because they get to help create that reality. I don't know. I, for a while, I always thought that it was going to be AR and VR, but now I actually think that I, I love the power behind what Intel is doing and what Microsoft is doing. And now Google is doing as well uh, with each one of their AI platforms, because that's going to allow us to do so much more with everything um, that 
if there was anything I would tell people to concentrate on is, is to do a little bit of machine learning and take a look at it. Because that, that definitely will take you for the next 10 to 20 years. Okay, are we going to move into the reveal round? So you ready for this? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What first attracted you to a career in IT? Uh, a career, uh, not just IT itself. I would say that that would be building something from nothing. What is the best career advice you've ever received? No one else knows what they're doing either, so give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? Find a place to immerse yourself, like a user group or something like that, and where people are excited about it around you and it will go faster. Yeah. What career objectives are you currently focusing on? I'm terrible at blogging and I need to get better. And so uh, that, that's, that, that is a big one. Uh, but, but in all seriousness, becoming a good leader, because I, I'm a good friend, I'm a good coworker, but I want to be a good leader. So that's something that I'm having to learn outside of technology. What's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Vulnerability. So I know that sounds crazy, but uh, why do we like to watch Alice in Wonderland? Because she's discovering things as she goes. That means she, we're doing that alongside her. And I discovered that when, I, um, when I'm vulnerable about where I am, uh, everybody's able to adjust what we're doing. And it actually ends up helping our team almost every time, regardless of which company I've worked for, is, the, is being able to be vulnerable and be a real person with the, with the group you're with. Yeah, I think that's part of showing how genuine an individual is, I suppose. And it provides those traits that enable people to trust as well. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I think when, when you show that you have vulnerability, people want to help. Uh, it gives them an opportunity to help. Uh, the best thing you can do for somebody who has a big ego is ask their, uh, their opinion or for advice. And they're happy to give it because it makes them feel good, right? Um, but it also allows you to learn along the way. And so there's almost no downside to being vulnerable. Heather, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energized audience? Yes. Um, Every time that I part ways with somebody that I've been working with for a while uh, or mentioned for a little bit, it has to be this. You're going to get burnt out. All of us have experienced this. We do get burnt out. Um, sometimes that's because it is um, placed upon us by the people we work with, or sometimes it's self-inflicting because we are workaholics. But when you get burnt out, it's important to learn how to revive yourself and I ask yourself the question, why did I get into this in the first place? Sometimes that might mean going back to when you were a kid and you were playing, you know, with um, robotics or what have you. But ask yourself why you are doing this and start and start finding ways to kind of fall in love with it again. And the way that I, I did this when I got burnt out is... I went away from doing the type of programming I was doing and I learned something completely new. Like in this case, it was Ruby and I just started all over and experiencing the aha moments again from a very basic standpoint 
just refreshed me and I was able to go back into doing what I was doing in .NET. So that would be my su biggest suggestion for parting advice is um, how to fall in love with programming again is really important. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Well, I'm very active on Twitter. So you can find me at Coraline. It's Q-U-O-R-R-A-L-Y-N-E. Or you can go to Coraline.com. It's where you can kind of follow where my appearances are and things I'm working on and also the kinds of courses I teach. Um, and, of course, you can always connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Heather, thank you so much for joining me on the IT Career Energizer podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Oh, you as well. Thank you so much. My thanks go to Heather for being such a great guest on this week's show. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e33. In next week's episode, I'll be talking with Hans Ekman, who is an experienced business analyst and conference speaker. If you haven't done so already, please remember to subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically downloaded to your device. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.